This episode of Geek's Guide to the Galaxy is made possible thanks to support from listeners like you. So if you enjoy the show and want it to continue, please support us on Patreon over at patreon.com geeks or via PayPal over at geeksguideshow.com crowdfunding. And I want to give a special thank you to Nate Colobus, Nathan Rosenberg, and Patrick Norton, who all just signed up this week to support us on Patreon, and to Katie Fulfer and Jonathan Giloni, who both just increased their pledge amounts. So big thanks again to everyone who's contributed. We really appreciate it. All right, so now let's get to our show. Wired.com presents The Geek's Guide to the Galaxy. And here is your host, David Barr Kirtley. Hello, and welcome to episode 524 of Geek's Guide to the Galaxy. I'm David Barr Kirtley, author of the book Save Me Please and Other Stories, which is available now on Amazon.com. We had a great conversation about the book back in episode 500, so definitely check that out if you missed it. And today on the show, we'll be discussing the Predator series, which begins with the 1987 film Predator and continues up through the recent Hulu movie Prey. And this will involve spoilers for everything in the series, so just be aware of that. And I'm joined by three guests. So first up, we've got Teresa DeLucci, making her 15th appearance on the show. Her articles have appeared on Boing Boing and Den of Geek, and her short fiction has appeared in Strange Horizons, Weird Horror, Lightspeed, and Tor.com, where she also reviews books, TV, and video games. So Teresa, welcome to the show. Hello. Oh, you left something out. I ain't got time to bleed. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, the next up, we've got Zach Chapman making his 12th appearance on the show. His short fiction appears in Nature, Starship Sofa, Tales to Terrify, Steampunk Universe, and Writers of the Future. And he also edited the book Time Travel Tales, which includes stories by Catherine Wells, Sean Williams, and Robert Silverberg. His retro horror comic, House of Blood, Volume 1, is available now on Kickstarter. So, Zach, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me on. Love being on Geek's Guide. <laughs> and also joining us today is Stephen Graham Jones, who you may remember from our panel on Final Girls in Horror back in episode 482. He's the author of about 30 books, including Lead Feather, Mongrels, and The Only Good Indians. His audio-only haunted house novel, The Babysitter Lives, is out now. His comic book, Earth Divers, will be out from IDW in October. And his novel, Don't Fear the Reaper, a sequel to his recent horror novel, My Heart is a Chainsaw, will be out in February. So, Stephen, welcome to the show. Man, it's great to be back. Thanks for having me. Okay, so let's start off with Teresa. So, Teresa, how big of a Predator fan are you? I'd say pretty big. I remember that was one of the very first R-rated movies I ever watched at a way too young age, and it just stuck with me. So how um, how young how young were you when you saw it? Uh, probably eleven, because my dad spliced cable illegally into my room so he could watch movies um, that <laughs> my mom didn't want to watch. So we learned <laughs> all about special effects. So that's cool. So, so you have like fond memories of the Predator oh, franchise. Oh, absolutely. Me and my sister used to squish lightning bugs and like put the juice on her cheek and Jesus. We <laughs> like wholesome little girls, you know. Yes. So yes, definitely. 
And so, uh, so, so leaving um, the most recent one aside for a moment, like, what do you think just overall of the Predator uh, corpus? Well, well, the the Predator as a creature is really awesome. The movies are definitely of varying quality, uh, but I have like some of the more recent ones, maybe more uh, than other people have. Okay, but, so I guess yeah, we'll- it's it's fun. All right, we'll be giving our, our rankings in a little bit, but let me first get get Zach in here too. So, Zach, uh, how big of a Predator franchise fan are you? Uh, probably not so much. Not not a huge fan, but um, like I don't have like a big history uh, of enjoying these movies. I mean, I remember watching them on a little tiny like six inch, seven inch screen on VHS when I was very young, and uh, yeah, I mean. I thought they were cool. I remember the uh, the scene in Predators Two uh, or, or Predator Two where the bodies are like hanging from the ceiling, and it's like super graphic. Like that is like a core memory, <laughs> like because that that's like a really intense. But um, like in the drug dealer's penthouse, like that. Yeah, yeah, man. Uh, and then also just that that spinning disc I thought was super cool when I was uh, young, but nothing really stuck. I think. My my first memory was actually probably the the Dark Horse comics. Uh, like I would be was very young, uh, sitting at like a, in like a Barnes and Noble or like a Borders, just looking at those, not reading the comics, but just like flipping through those and being like, "This art is amazing." Uh, that was, and then from there, like renting the movies, and you know, my parents didn't care. I was I'm, I must have been like seven or eight <laughs> when I was watching those. Yeah. Very young. Yeah. So, so the comics, the, or the, I've never read the comics, but this is like alien versus predator comics or. Well, um, I did read one for, I just brushed up. Um, I did read one for the show and that was a Batman versus predator. And it was pretty cool. It was written by Dave Gibbons. Who's a co-creator on the Watchmen. So it's like, it has pedigree uh, and the Kubert uh, brothers, penciled and inked it and they won a, a Eisner, which is like pretty prestigious comic ward. Uh, and that was probably like early nineties. Um, and it's you, just, you were saying you looked at you, the things you were looking at as a kid, like, is that, yeah, the Alien I think predator comics. Those are the only ones I've ever really heard of, but I don't know what else there might they be. They have, I think they have like regular predator comics that dark horse had, I believe. And then they had the versus ones too. <laughs> um, so bat, yeah, so I would have been looking at those omnibuses or those like trades back then. Um, cause I don't think they reprint those now. Um, but yeah, I just found it online to, to, to watch, uh, to, to look at recently. So, yeah, no, I, I haven't read the Batman verse predator, but that, that sounds cool. I'll have to check that out. The, the art is really cool. And Batman creates like a Sonic suit and it looks I mean, it's it, the art's cool. It's it's the predator story. <laughs> predators like killing uh, boxers, and you know, Batman's you know, got to track down who's killing the boxers. Is it other boxers or is it a predator alien from outer space? <laughs> well, so then, how about Stephen? Uh, how big of a predator fan are you? I like the predator a lot. I like like Teresa was saying, I like the I don't know the culture. I guess they're kind of like a mix of. Um, like from Star Trek Voyager, they had the Herogen, if y'all remember them. And then, and back here in our home quadrant, Star Trek had the Klingons. And I've always felt like the 
predators, the yelp, whatever we call them, are they exist halfway between the Hirogen and the Klingon. The Hirogen were a, um, or are a hunters, hunter society. They are very much like the, um, the predators, but they're not so technology dependent. You know, I kind of think they're actually more honorable hunters than the predators. But I saw the first predator in the in the movie theater. I was 15 years old in Midland, Texas, and it blew my mind because I think this was the first time I'd ever seen an American Indian in a film I went to the cinema for, you know, mm. and Billy, Billy soul, what, what's his name? Sonny Landon, I think something like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like that. I saw that movie over and over and over. And then when it came to VHS, I saw it a lot more times just to see him um, stand on that log and cut across his <laughs> chest and, and tell the, tell the predator to bring it, you know, that gave me a lot of heart. <sighs> And then what did you like? What about the other Predator movies? Did you watch those or did you like them or? Oh, yeah. Well, uh, yeah, I've watched them all for sure. Um, Predator 2, I thought the Predator was way too technology dependent. And um, I really like that. What's the people came up with a word for it that that alien, the xenomorph, it's born from the Predator. It's what do they call it. Predalien or something that that hybrid. Um, yeah, I really like I really like that monster because I'm um, with the predators. That's what I always want. I'm like, why are you hunting these measly humans? They don't even count as trophies. You know, you should be hunting something really, really that's your equal. And I think the xenomorphs are kind of the predators' equal. Or like, if they are going to hunt a human, I feel like they should do it without that shoulder that fucking shoulder cannon. It makes it too easy. I know. You know, it does. It makes it so easy. I agree. I agree. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff like, like, like watching predator two now, like, you know, like, like there's all this stuff about how they want to be sporting and everything, but then, um, yeah. Bill Paxton is just like shooting the predator over and over and over and over again. And his bullets have absolutely no effect. So it's kind of like how sporting is this really? And, you know, I know, I know. Like the predators, they should always like tie one hand behind their back and keep all their technology on the ship. You know? I feel like that, <laughs> that they needed to be a little bit more this this franchise is so inconsistent with like the predator lore and the predator rules and if they had just brushed up some of like just pull some of that shit out and it would be <laughs> so much cooler like yeah like like we said like but you don't need the cannon unless the guy has like a you know <laughs> five you know or like the the heavy artillery machine gun strapped to his back that's when you have like the shoulder cannon um there's a scene in predators where uh there's like a katana fight and that was like oh okay like i feel like i get the culture i feel like this is resonating this is what predator should be where yeah. there's like just a, a sword fight and he doesn't use any technology he's just using his claw mm -hmm. versus the other guy's katana that's mm -hmm. cool yeah that, that's yeah, how it should be cool. yeah for sure for agreed sure. Yeah, yeah, totally agree. And it's funny actually, because if you had asked me a couple of weeks ago how how big of a Predator fan I was, I would have said like, "Oh yeah, Predator's cool. I remember that from when I was a kid. I like that, you know." But then it turned out I and I had completely forgotten this. But John Joseph Adams and I talked about Predator in back in episode thirty four, so almost five hundred episodes ago. And I was actually pretty negative. I was like, ah, I don't like Predator that much. I think it's kind of a bad movie. And it was, it was like weird, like just listening to myself say that because I was like, oh, I don't remember that at all. But Apparently, we used to have a big debate among our friends in New York City about who, uh, about which was better, Predator or Predator 2. And uh -huh. I was on the Predator 2 side, although I hadn't watched it at that point in like 20 years or something. Uh -huh. And then I went back and watched it. And I was like, okay, Predator 2 is definitely not better than Predator 1. <laughs> um, but, but maybe it's more fun. Maybe. 
Well, the thing I really, uh, the thing that really stuck in my mind that I really liked about it was how the government has this whole team of people and they've like yeah. figured out that the predator sees in um, infrared. And so they have these insulated suits and they have ultraviolet lights and they're putting yeah. dust in the air. Like all that stuff I just thought was so cool. Um, you know, the, the yeah, it's, science. It's, it's kind of like set up for um, Underworld, the vampires and werewolf stuff, how they have like ultraviolet bullets and all those little tricks to hurt, hurt each other. You know, I felt like. I feel like all those tricks the government had were was prelude to that. Yeah. So, so like actually, and watching Predator Two now, I actually think it gets pretty good around the time of that subway massacre I mentioned. Uh, but uh-huh. um, a lot of the stuff leading up to that, like the characters are just so over the top and the like uh, and sort of like gross and <laughs> you know uh, <laughs> cartoonish and stuff. And so I don't know. So, so Teresa, where, how do you feel about Predator Two? Well, you know, like you, I hadn't really watched it in a very, very, very long time. In fact, I think my mom actually did really like Predator 2. That was like her favorite one because I said, oh, I'm going to be on this podcast. I'm watching all these Predator movies again. She's like, oh, 2 was really fun in Los Angeles. But the cast was amazing. I think I didn't appreciate how awesome the list of names were on there. I mean, Ruben Blades and Bill Paxton, Danny Glover. You know, and Gary Busey, I mean, come on, like that is kind of classic <laughs> for an 80s movie. He brings an energy. So it was fun, but it was ridiculous. Too. I mean, that over-the-top opening shootout in the streets of Los Angeles. I agree. Like for me, it didn't really get good until the subway scene. Like I thought that scene on its own was really, really fun. And I'm just sitting here thinking like, Oh God, that's about all New York City needs on the subway right now. <laughs> Friggin' Predator! Oh my God! <laughs> Does, um, you know, doesn't Lethal Weapon have um, Danny Glover and Gary Busey in it as well? I think so. I mean, yeah, yeah, it does. Yeah, that, yeah. that Shane Black, yeah, you know, yeah. tradition going on into all these different eighties yeah. action franchises is pretty incredible, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe we should just explain for for our listeners who might not know. So, so Shane Black play is one of the commandos. You know, he's one of the actors. He's one of the commandos in the original Predator, and then he actually went on to be one of the most high profile screenwriters of the eighties. Maybe so. Behind. Apparently, he was. Uh, I read this article, the oral history of the Predator, which is totally worth checking out if you're into this franchise. Oh. And uh, I believe he was brought on to, or at least they say there were, you know, accounts that said he was brought on to do some script passes on the the original Predator movie. And he was like, "No, no, I'm an actor. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be in this oh. movie," and kind of just made him like forced himself into the into a you know a role in the movie and he dies very pretty quickly he's he's like the first guy on the team to die i didn't i didn't know you could do that they're like we'd like you to write the script for this movie and you're like actually i'd prefer to just be in the movie and they're like okay sure <laughs> i'll have to try does that, that oral yeah does that oral does that oral history document john claude van damme being there yes uh yeah. so john claude van damme was originally cast as the predator uh, and there's like a bunch of conflicting reasons as to why he was not in, he wasn't, you know, ultimately in the predator movie. Yeah. Um, you know, what one was say like, he was fired for being too short, uh, which is like the article said he's five, six, 
which is hmm. significantly, you know, <laughs> yeah. compared to Arnold Schwarzenegger, it's like, come on, yeah, like you yeah. can't have like uh. some guy, you know, and then there was also uh, uh, that, you know, that, that people were saying like he was being a dick or he's being ornery. Uh, he didn't want to wear the suit because, you know, he's Jean-Claude Van Damme. <laughs> There's a an account that he broke like a $20,000 uh, ant head. Like originally it was going to be like a like an ant creature. Um, and he was like, this is stupid and threw the helmet on the ground. Um, and those are all like firsthand accounts and they're all conflicting. Uh, so, you know, I, I guess like pick so, which so, one you think. So maybe is the we coolest. have Jean-Claude Van Damme to thank for the cool predator helmet. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He broke yeah. the first one and they had to make another one. <laughs> he made a good call yeah. in breaking a, an ant head. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, cause then they stopped filming for like eight months. Right. And went back and redesigned the creature because they had to rethink the whole suit and how big the guy was going to be inside of it. And yeah, I believe like Stan Winston was on a plane with like James Cameron or something. And that's how he kind of got brought on to do the creature design, which I think, you know, Stan Winston is just like one of the best practical effects guys of all time. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and it shows Apparently, the original suit was causing Jean-Claude Van Damme to pass out. And they, they were like, <laughs> you, you, you can't pass out. <laughs> like, you, you can't be this creature and be passing out all the time. So, so uh, you know, maybe yeah. that's not maybe history is being unkind to Jean-Claude Van Damme. Like, would you yeah, want to yeah. wear a suit like that all day? Uh, yeah. And yeah. in the, you know, in the, well, that's like part of what makes that first movie like really cool. I don't think I would like that movie so much as if it was just filmed in a studio, like in LA or whatever, you know, or uh, it, it just like, wouldn't be the same as them, like being in Mexico and like shooting off a bunch of fireworks and like getting like super sweaty and in like actual mm-hmm. wilderness probably and yeah. getting amp bites and shit, you know? Yeah, and, and doing the manliest handshake ever. <laughs> I forgot that that <laughs> meme came from Predator. And then seeing it again, thinking, oh, shit, that's where it's from. It's from the, like, That makes it even better. Although actually, Carl Weathers. <laughs> actually, though, speaking of uh, filming locations, so I'm watching Predators, which is the basically the third movie in this sequence depending on whether you count the Alien vs. Predators movie or not. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. so there's this scene where they go over a waterfall and land in this, you know, sort of pond or pool or something and climb out. And then they have this conversation on the bank uh, among the rocks. And Zach, do you rec- did you do you, rec- did you recognize that? It No. Is that like in – is that here? Yeah. Is that in Ham- Austin? It's Hamilton Pool, yeah, in Austin. Oh, sick. Wow. <laughs> and I, I recognize like – and I haven't been there, but I've just looked at pictures. I'm planning to go there soon, hopefully. But I was like, that's Hamilton oh. Pool. I recognize that. And I looked it up. And yeah, it was like, you know, Robert Rodriguez um, produced it. Right. And so he's like right. part of the whole Austin film scene. Yeah. So Wow. I'm surprised it's so good if he produced it. <laughs> I, oh, I really like Predators. I, I think it's like the, the, you know, the underdog of the, the Predator franchise. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I feel that, you know, when we get into ranking, that one for me is very high. Yeah, so that, that's where they get like taken to that planet to be sport hunted, right? Yeah, 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 mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I mean, I because I remembered it being surprisingly good, but the ending being a little weak. 
And um, but and watching it now, it's like, wow, this is actually really, really good. I, I was better than I was expecting it to be based on my memories. I still think the ending is a little weak. Um, yeah. but I was like, this is actually, yeah, this is this is good. I mean, so so Zach, what do you like about Predators? <laughs> okay, so the premise is just awesome. It's the Predators, a batch of them, like three Predators, uh, take the most dangerous humans. Uh, and some aliens, and when I say aliens, I'm not like not saying not xenomorphs. They're just like some random aliens, uh, and they stick them on like a hunting preserve, and they just start. Ki- oh, and they give them weapons again. Like the cool part of reading into the predator's nature and the predator's culture is like, I like it when they give them an honorable fight, and this movie was full of that. Like they give all of these, you know, warriors. These like dangerous humans, some of them are like there's like a serial killer and there's like, you know, CIA operatives and like, uh, you know, uh, 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 the FBI's most wanted and a Yakuza guy and give them their weapons and then have at them like, let's go hunt them down. And that that premise alone is really fucking cool. And then the execution is totally solid. Like it has a budget. It is directed competently. Um, the, I mean, it has everything like the designs of the predators, which, you know, from the, are, is always awesome, you know, the, from the, the first movie. So it's just, uh, yeah, I liked it. I dig it. Yeah. Do you, so, so I'll say my, my issue with the ending is so, so, tr- uh, expo- and again, spoiler warning, but so, so it's this group of like hardened killers. And then there's this sort of nerdy guy who says he's a doctor who seems out of place. And then it turns out that he's a serial killer. And, you know, and, and, but, but the, the problem I have is that he sort of like reveals himself, like, he, you know, he, he like basically tries to kill Alice Braga, who's this like badass IDF soldier, like bef- while they're being hunted by predator monsters and doesn't make any sense at all. So I think it would have been cool if they had killed all the predators and then he tries to kill them. And I actually think it would have been kind of cool if he succeeded. And then the ending is just like him, <laughs> the serial killer. He's he's killed everyone, and then like the, the next group of people are parachuting in, and he's like, "Help, help! You have to help me. I'm help. I'm this helpless oh, yeah. nerdy guy." And yeah. um, and it would be like a a different kind of predator, a different kind of predator, like this idea that this yeah. like yeah. Um, yeah. sociopath, yeah. Law, manipulative liar can be the most deadly person on this planet, when, even more so than the aliens or the soldiers and all that kind of stuff. But that's nice because it doesn't come down to muscles and technology. It comes down to what you said, you know, his ability to um, to weasel into your trust, you know. Yeah. Yeah, it's, um, a, it's a skill. It's a survival yeah. skill for him. Yeah. So, so that would be nice, Teresa. You have any memories of, or did you just rewatch? Did you just rewatch Predators? Or yeah, I, I rewatched Predators because I remembered that one pretty fondly because I love Walton Goggins. Like yeah. everything that he does, he's just a standout. And he, a lot of times he plays a very similar character, but I mean, he was so good on justified that I'm like, Oh, he's in the new predator movie with Adrian Brody, who is also an amazing actor. Um, yeah. I, re- I remember enjoying it when it came out and thought it was really fun. Like I felt the predator franchise, maybe like the alien franchise as well works best when it's just a simple character drama of survival and it's in this little bubble of the jungle the the preserve planet mm-hmm. and 
you know, I, th- I think that's when the predator for me works best. It's like, you've got to care about the characters a little bit and I'm less concerned with the lore and more, you know, lore in smaller numbers. Like it's, I, I want to piggyback. <laughs> I, I <laughs> feel so strongly about like what you're saying is like what I was thinking throughout all of these movies is that the core is don't fucking exposit any lore. I don't care about the lore. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be in the, the POV of the hunter ever or the, the predator ever. Like I want to be in the POV of these characters that are being hunted and them slowly learning about this monster and through trial and error. So like, you know, like with Dracula, the, the cool thing about Predator is like they're learning and like with Dracula and all these monsters, there's always like a Van Helsing that comes in is like, okay, here's how you kill the monster. Here are the rules to the monster. But with the Predator, they're slowly learning, gaining information on how to fight back through trial and error, through people getting killed or people surviving. And that's what's really cool and anytime they start trying to get into the lore of like, oh, this predator is like trying to save this human or this predator is trying to, you know, do when they really get into like explaining it without like just hinting at it from our perspective, like from like a human's perspective, that's when it gets off the rails. I, I don't care about that. I don't want to know about their spaceships or what <laughs> what's going on on their planet I can infer all all the cool cultural things by what they're doing and how they're hunting. And like, oh, this person's not armed, then I'm not killing them. Like those little like subtle details, that's what's cool. Yeah, I agree. And and the dynamic I like about all the Predator stories pretty much is it's that old Superman dynamic of how do we um even the scales so we can actually compete against this monster this bad person like with superman nobody can beat him toe to toe so you always got to give him red kryptonite or green kryptonite or hold lois lane hostage or do stuff like that to to like um weaken his might i guess and with the predator it's always about let's take his helmet away let's take away that wrist thing i forget what it's called and um if you can ever get the predator down to without his or her technology, I guess his technology. And then like Schwarzenegger, you can rig up tree bombs and all that kind of stuff. And, <laughs> and, and, and you like, you like it to be even, or you like, you like it um, to not be unfair anyways. Yeah. Well, I, I definitely agree that these movies work better when they're stripped down and yeah. you know, the, the, the worst ones, which in my estimation are alien first predator requiem, <laughs> and the predator and, and to an extent predator too, suffer from just like too many characters too much shit going on mm-hmm. you know yeah too much lore in exposition yeah. and stuff and and yeah i, I can really I, it would be interesting to graph like what the relationship is between number of characters who have speaking lines versus quality of these <laughs> movies but it <laughs> oh, seems yeah. to me it's got to be an, an infer- pretty strong inverse correlation there <laughs> Nice. You know what I I like? Oh, go on, Teresa. Oh, oh, no, I was just gonna say what I really enjoyed about rewatching the first Predator, because it has been many, many years was how well it stood up of like, just watching this group of guys, um, and the stress that they're under, and how they react to the stress and how um, they react to each other under this stress and their friendships and pre existing relationships and loyalty. 
like stuff like that, like the real human drama when faced with this adversary, I thought was absolutely fantastic. And I think that's why it still holds up that and all the amazing one-liners. I don't <laughs> yeah, think any sure. of them had as, <laughs> as good one-liners as that movie. Like the first Predator yeah. had the best ones. And that's why all these different sequels keep trying to call back to some of these famous lines. Yeah, and stop, stop. Does it always that. work? Does it really <laughs> work? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you're right. The first Predator had the best one-liners. But I wonder if that was just a function of the 80s. Because it seems like the 80s got yeah. by on those, catch- those catchphrases, you know? Uh. And nowadays, nowadays, it's like we're too ironically distanced from everything to allow those on screen anymore. In the, the Predator, was the 2018 one, they yeah. tried to shoehorn in uh like spins on quotes on like one liners from the the first movie and there's this scene where there's a uh a um doctor and she's or like a scientist and she's seeing the predator for the first time and instead of saying you're one ugly motherfucker she says which is what arnold schwarzenegger says when he finally yeah. sees its face she says <laughs> you're one beautiful motherfucker and it's like this should be fucking <laughs> illegal. This is so bad. And then and then there's like the the most contrived scene just to get this line. Like it serves yeah, no other yeah. fucking purpose than to just get this line. There there's just a bunch of motorcycles and there's like a fight scene or whatever happening. Who cares? And they're like <laughs> get to the choppers. Because a famous line in the first first God, one is him saying, that. get to the chopper. And I'm just like, I fucking hate this movie. I hate the writing of this movie. Oh, uh, yeah. It's painful. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I hate it. Like, even like in, in Prey or like there were a couple that were that were reasonably tasteful, the, the callbacks. But like, it just takes me out of the movie so much when they're just quoting a line from the earlier movie. I just, I just, I wish they would refrain from doing that altogether but but the, the predator yeah. we should say too is is shane black you know like this the actor we mentioned from the original predator they brought him back in 2018 to to sort of do his version of it and it's it's a complete train wreck in my opinion and it, it's interesting because you know i i had said like in my earlier back in episode 34 i was like oh these movies are, are kind of weak you know predator predator 2 like predators etc but then like in comparison to the Predator or Alien vs. Predator Requiem. Uh, even Alien vs. Predator, I rewatched it and I was like, wow, in contrast to, to some of these other ones, this one actually isn't half bad. Um, you know, but like those really, The Predator and Aliens vs. Predator Requiem like really skews the curve it's, way, way down. It, the, the Predator is such a, it's a shame because it drips with budget. It's like, I mean, it has an enormous budget. The The movie looks beautiful, but like one second, it's this super violent science fiction horror movie where you're seeing like dudes insides just dripping like visceral gore out of their, you know, getting cut in half and stuff. And then like the next scene is like some PG goosebumps episode of like an eight year old getting a hold <laughs> of a predator mask on Halloween and going trick or treating. It's so fucking ridiculous. There's like a predator dog that joins the party of heroes. And like, it's yeah, I, it's so tonally bananas. It it feels, it feels like the fast and the furious. 
Like it's it's not a horror. There's no like horror or tension or it, it's just like that's what it feels like to me. So I I feel like I just watched a Fast and Furious nine and somehow for some reason there are aliens in it or something. Um, <laughs> I mean, I mean, it, it could be plausible with the amount of sequels. That <laughs> the Rock goes to outer space, and I would still pay to see that because you know what you're getting with the Fast and the Furious movies, and I, I yeah, find those actually yeah. really fun. Um, yeah, I mean, they, the Fast and Furious did go to space, didn't they? They sent that little um, Pontiac. What's that? That Fiero? <laughs> is that the name of it? They, they sent it to Orbit. orbit. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. I mean, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, uh, yeah I, I don't know. Like, the Predator, like, I knew it was going to be bad because it starred Thomas Jane and Olivia Munn. And <laughs> that's just like the hallmark. And sometimes Thomas Jane is amazing in in movies. Like I loved him in The Mist. Like he's good on like the HBO series. He he. I liked him as the first Punisher. I thought he was way awesome in that. Uh-huh. I mean, I, I love him in The Expanse. Oh yeah, which I haven't seen yet. So oh yeah, I should, yeah. I definitely should watch that. But in here, I'm like, okay, he's not really the star. And then they introduce him, and he has Tourette's, oh, God. and I'm like, I'm like. They're they're he's making a joke, right? To make this guy like uncomfortable or something. Oh no, no, they they're really playing it like he has Tourette's. Oh, this is terrible. Like everything <laughs> about this movie is. I mean, the way they talk about a, a, autistic children, like autism as a superpower. Uh, oh, now he I mean, he can read the the maps or whatever. That it's like a superhero movie. Like he for some reason. Because he's autistic, he understands the predator language and can just use the predator helm. And like the whole thing, like mm-hmm. it just cracks me up. Like the end, like the post end credit scene, whatever, when they go and travel, like, oh, the predator left a gift for you all. It's a suit. And he visits his own child in the military institution, just working in the basement. And it's like, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll tell your mom you said hi. So I'm like, wait, this eight year old kid is just like, living in a military compound like working for them and his <laughs> separated mom, from his been, mom yeah and, and it's not like with his mom or anybody i'm like wait let me ask you guys so so in this movie we find <laughs> out that the predators take people's spines because they want to like sample their dna to improve Ugh. improve their did, yeah. did, did this movie introduce that or was that ever introduced in uh, some comic book or something does anyone have any idea as far as i know the movie's where it started but i'm not sure yeah yeah i mean that like that seems really um unnecessary when you've already got like their head and skull <laughs> and everything like, yeah that's yeah. is it like a six straw <laughs> like guess, oh that's how yeah. in my canon that's what it is they use the spines it's like a sippy <laughs> straw and that's how yeah. they get the DNA. It goes right Again, into the mandibles. <laughs> it's like lore. It's just like we don't want that. We don't need any lore. We just want to we want to see the fighting. We want to see the hunting. But like no, you got to shoehorn in some like weird ass. They're trying to make themselves better. Like I don't want to know that. Like and they do that. They they like there was predators versus predators in that movie where there is like a good predator yeah. or yeah. Oh, you know, and Once that just they get seems so desperate. Ridiculous. These franchises always introduce the good guy version of the bad guy. Like I'm thinking of Alien Resurrection and the yeah. hybrid with that twitchy little adorable nose like a puppy dog. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. why? Why we don't need that from the xenomorph, and we don't need it from the predator. For me. 
being able to peek into the ship in Predators 2, like when Danny Glover goes in there and you see like the alien skull, which was really, I think, originally mm-hmm. just kind of like a little Easter egg nod, like mm-hmm. set dressing. That to me is like enough of a spark of an imagination. Like that's all I need to know. I don't need four sequels with alien predator hybrids and, you know, to varying degrees of fun, but it's like, I don't want to know that that's not what the story is about. It's about what the people do to get out of this shitty situation. And yeah, we don't, we, we don't want the, the, it's like, it's like the series, the franchise didn't learn from X-Files that we like monster of the week. We don't like the mythos or conspiracy ones, you know, we just want the, the run, the running and gunning. Yeah, well, I mean, as a writer, I mean, maybe I'm less um, judgmental of these movies now than I was 10 years ago, because I'm kind of like, this is a really sort of formidable challenge to when you when you get to movie number seven about these uh, monsters that don't talk. You know, it's like, you know, because because the first the first time around, you know, it's a big mystery or like, wait, are they like, what are their abilities? Like they can camouflage. They like are always recording people and playing back their voices and they see an infrared and all this stuff. And you're, and, you know, you, you're sort of figuring out what they are and then you see, you know, that they take off the mask and you see the face and everything. But once that's all established, like seven movies later, like how do you, yeah. <laughs> and they don't really talk particularly. I mean, that is a really big creative challenge. It seems to me. <laughs> it is. Well, no, there, I totally agree. So there's what this you... meme going around, which is basically like, well, how do you do that? And it's like, all right, well, just do it in different time time areas. Do it in feudal yeah. Japan. Do it in in uh, you know during. The I'd love to see it in Sparta, like ancient Sparta <laughs> against like the three hundred. And, and, <laughs> and something could, like that would be amazing. They may have different rules, right? So, like, if they're fighting against Spartans, for instance, maybe they're not using cloaking devices or any armor because that's not honorable and the Spartans don't use those things either. So maybe they fight naked or something. So you could riff off of that and you could make new rules, but you wouldn't need to add lore, right? You don't need to like say, hey, we're collecting human skulls or whatever, like, or even that we're hunting humans. Like, we fucking get that from the premise of the movie from what's happening on screen. Don't explain it. Just throw us in the situation and add one, two, three, like little riffs on it. Okay. Well now the predator's acting this way or now the, the predators at the based off the predators actions that fuels like the interest and like the mystery of like how to defeat it. Not like this, you know, political thing that, you know, Oh, this predator's trying to save humans or this predator's, trying to affect global warming or some weird ass <laughs> thing like that. Like, you know, I don't know. Yeah. That's my take. Well, 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 maybe we should, maybe we should bring prey into this at this point. So this is the most yeah. recent movie on Hulu. Um, so Steven, just overall thoughts on prey. Oh, that's my favorite predator. Maybe I liked it a whole lot, especially in Comanche. Yeah. See, I didn't, I was just doing research today and I didn't, I watched just the English version and I didn't, I, I totally would have watched the Comanche version if I had realized that that was an option. Yeah. You know, it's funny, uh, about four years ago, a friend and I, um, he's, well, I'll bring out to who it is. We were, we were getting together, uh, <laughs> um, uh, Ice Age North American, um, story where a hunter, like the predator comes down and, you know, it's a big fight like prey, but I'm, I'm glad we didn't see it to its end because I think prey was better than I would have done anyways. 
I didn't. I didn't have any reservations about praying. I liked it. Um, I, the only part that bummed me out was that um, the predator cheated when it fought the bear and kept using that inv- that cloaking stuff, you know. And I thought I would like to see. I would like to see them go muscle for muscle, you know, claw for tooth and everything. But so it did beat the bear, but I don't think it beat the bear fairly. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> a good point. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I'll, I'll just explain if anyone listening doesn't know. So, so this new movie, the premise is it's set in North America in the early 1700s. And basically you have these Comanche warriors um, and the main character is a, a young woman, you know, a young Comanche woman who wants to be, um, be seen as a, taken seriously as a warrior and, and, and faces a sort of discrimination. Um, but, but she ends up basically through her um, strategic thinking and, and smarts be, being the one who mm-hmm. really takes on this, this predator and, um, and uh yeah i thought it was i thought it was terrific i mean the the vis- the just the um like the vistas and the the costumes and um the creature effects like all that stuff i thought was you know the of the predator i thought mm-hmm. was really really just just beautiful to look at i mean i had a couple like yeah criticisms we could maybe go into but um how about teresa what do you think of prey oh i really enjoyed it I thought it was, um, yeah, like you said, really stunning to look at the the landscapes. I I did watch the Comanche dub, and I'd be kind of curious to watch the English as well to see if there were differences in some of the dialogue, because uh, some of it did feel a little like anachronistic in a way, and I was just wondering, like, you know, something like. Uh, Oh, I'm sorry. That's some crazy shit, you know, stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. I'm like, oh, that yeah. that like took me out of it a little, just a little bit. But overall, again, like going back to a simple story, well told. And mm-hmm. I love the creature design of like, they call it like the feral predator or whatever, because it's so far in the past, like its helmet is different. It, it looks a little like narrower. Um, I liked her brother a, a lot. And I love the dog. Uh, the people <laughs> I watched it with, we had to, they made me check, um, does the dog die <laughs> dot com or whatever before we could watch this. So that didn't, um, kill tension for me. In fact, it made it better for me because I was less concerned. So like I was less concerned about the dog, but I thought it was hilarious <laughs> that it's like, Oh, the dog doesn't die, but literally every other animal you will see. Unset will not the dog yeah even that hawk even the hawk gets it i know it's just like every Uh, animal uh, like oh my god yeah yeah. well so how how about zach thoughts on prey oh it's definitely my favorite uh predator film and i think it's the only one in the franchise that has a theme or at least commits to a theme in like a meaningful way and uh the action is is super awesome and the budget seems like it was just really really well spent because i think this feels like the the lowest budget of the franchise and i just think it was really well i mean it's straight to hulu right it didn't even go into theaters all of these other movies like went to theaters um and i think it just goes to show that you can have uh, a shane black budget and totally shit the bed and then you can have this this really small budget uh, with a smaller cast uh, and really nail it. Uh, and there is still, I mean, the action is still 
pretty like awesome looking. My, I think my only like nitpick is the design of the face. Once I love the helmet, um, but once the helmet gets knocked off, like I think the the face looks a little derpy, and it is very CG, <laughs> and that like it yeah. hurts because we're so used to the amazing very very now i'm sure very very expensive like animatronics like you know effects yeah i mean for for me it was um a little jarring like the cgi was definitely really apparent in a lot of the fights which you know it's neither here nor there you know how else are you going to have a predator fight a wolf (laughs) or a bear yeah you know you're gonna need it so sometimes it just looked a little much but again, it was like yeah. in the service of the story. You know, I would say Prey is probably my second favorite, though. Like, I still love the original. Um, just the nostalgia factor, you know, the one-liners and stuff. But I enjoyed bringing, you know, a female lead into it. I thought that was really cool. Nice to see, um, so, you know, something different. Let's do something different. Plus the first Predator movie, like. I honestly believe that the only thing scarier to those dudes in the in the military there, scarier than the predator, is a vagina. Like because of all like what I didn't catch is like a little girl watching the movie was all of the horrible, dirty jokes that that one guy tells, which become kind of a theme in some of the follow up movies. I'm like, man. They are really afraid of vaginas here. So it was kind of <laughs> satisfying, you know, in, in a way that the the xenomorph and like the alien movies are also, but on like that flip side, like predators, like hyper masculine franchise. So it, it felt good to see a woman in the lead and outsmarting the monster. Yeah, you know, yeah. Arnold Schwarzenegger was the final girl of Predator. <laughs> You know, uh, yeah, so. I'm sort of torn on whether I think that Prey is better than Predator. I mean, like, because Predator, rewatching it now, it's like, yeah, this is actually really good. I mean, my sort of my issues with Predator is that, like, I think that the commando raid at the beginning is kind of corny. Um, and I, I, it bugs me that the characters often do things that, like, aren't very smart or don't really make sense. Um, but other than that, I think it's really good. And then Prey, I think, is terrific. Like, my... My problems or my, you know, complaints are really pretty minor. I mean, like, yeah, like the CGI bear looked a little weird. Um, you know, I, I thought most of the action was really cool, but sometimes it was a little too matrixy, and I would have liked it to be just a little bit more grounded in reality. Mm-hmm. Um, when the French trappers showed up, they seemed a little bit like from a different movie, like from a Terry Gilliam movie or something like that. But well, I was thinking like the Revenant, so I thought that was like yeah. a nice surprise to bring yeah, in. Yeah. You know. I- I like, uh, so one thing that seems like core to all of these movies is like the human, the human conflict between like, there's, there's a human, humans are fighting each other. And then the predator comes in and like starts killing people on both sides. And I think prey Mm -hmm. did it the best. Um, it's like, and, and there were multiple conflicts, like there are the trappers that were that's like where it really climaxed but before that you know it's it she's fighting against her like the you know sexist yeah. misogynistic assholes in her tribe and and it's a cool yeah. it's like it's a good conflict it's not like contrived um so i yeah that's why i feel like thematically it just it's stronger than any of the other 
predator movies like it, it just yeah it just works it just works really well yeah, yeah you know talking about the about the french trappers um watching it on hulu in my living room it took me like 10 minutes longer than its runtime to watch it because i can read french but i can't read it fast so i kept having to pause each <laughs> subtitle to read the french to figure out what they were saying you know <laughs> i couldn't, couldn't have done that in the theater so i don't know if that's better or worse actually yeah and i can't read french at all so in those mm-hmm. scenes i was kind of like well i mean what more do i need to know they're french trapper <laughs> assholes who are killing all the buffalo and screwing over the comanche so yeah, like, i don't need predator matter. lore i don't need french lore <laughs> yeah i don't need french yeah <laughs> i'm like okay. that's where you know your sympathies are with the, the comanche they're with Nehru. yeah yeah okay so so let's okay so zach how, where do you come down on do you, you think this is the best yeah I, the I like prey the best i actually like i'm kind of mid on the earlier predator movies like i don't have i i think the the first predator is pretty dated and the second predator is is fun it's like more dated in some ways but uh yeah uh definitely prey is my favorite and then i like predators and then predator and predator 2 and then the predator um, and I don't, I don't know about those alien versus predator movies. I don't know if, if we even count those. Yeah. I mean, I think they're yeah. definitely at the bottom. Um, yeah. actually, yeah. I actually, I don't know if I might even hate the predator more than I hate alien versus predator now that I think about oh. it. But, oh, it was um, so bad. But, um, but so you put, you put predators above the original predator. I, I, I mean, I get that that's probably like a super hot take, but just personally, like from like just enjoying a movie, I think it has better action. Um, no, I can totally more, see. I can totally see. You, you know, that. Yeah. it's the first Predator. Honestly, is like it's. I'm not into those like 80s movies. I I was born in 90, so like I don't have like this super like nostalgia for those kinds of movies. So like the one-liners are just kind of whatever to me. Um, and you know, there's a lot of kind of slow that movie's like an hour and 45 minutes and a lot of it's dudes fucking walking through a jungle. It's like, you know, or just do just long scenes of dudes unloading clips into the jungle. And then the effect of, uh, the predator going invisible is so dated, cheesy, awful. I hate it so much that it's like, it brings it down a little bit for me just as like, you know, being a millennial, being a a young buck. I'm like, I can't, this movie's, dated for sure okay no no, i mean that's totally i mean does anyone strongly disagree that predator the predator just do do people generally think that predators and predator are kind of like around the same level or does anyone feel very strongly that one is better than the other oh no i agree i think up until prey i think predators was the the second best in the franchise yeah, I agree. I agree with that. And and I I do agree like, you know, Predator's definitely had a more modern sensibility and more varied cast, like the characters were different. It, they were all, you know, came from different cultures, came from different, you know, backgrounds and fighting styles, which made it interesting and fun. But I don't know, just for me like the first Predator, it is so classic and I was surprised that Arnold Schwarzenegger's character was kind of like the good guy in it when you think of him as like this hyper masculine guy and they all are they're all like 
really jacked up, which feels like they seem almost a little small compared to today's like Jason Momoa's and, (laughs) you know, like it's really fascinating to watch like how that form, that action movie star form for men has changed. Yeah, it is. And, you know, Schwarzenegger or Dutch, he, he wasn't the good guy as long as he was part of the American military machine. But once the right. American military or the CIA was working against him and like straining him out there, then, then he could become a good guy, I think. Yeah, because he was concerned about like his team and his people. Yeah. Like he had yeah. loyalty to them, which I thought was surprising and nice. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm waiting for in some Predator movie is that Shaun of the Dead trick where – um. Like in front of the dead, they act like zombies so they can move among the dead. You know, I'm waiting for, waiting for people to dress up and get dreadlocks and all that stuff and see if they can move among predators. I think that'd be fun. <laughs> there was actually, okay, I don't know if any, if anyone rewatched Alien vs. Predator uh, or remembers yeah. it that well, but there's a, um, a scene where there's a guy, you know, with one of the sort of um, disposable security guys from the surface is lying at the bottom of this ice shaft in the Antarctic clearly about to freeze to death and the predators come up and kill him and i'm like come on wait 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 if you're covered with mud they can't see you but if you're like freezing to death in the antarctic they can like that makes no sense at all so i just want to note that um yeah that's funny does does anyone have uh we don't have to spend a lot of time on on alien first predator but i'm just curious if anyone had any anything they wanted to say about either of those i I think i remember watching both of those and like middle school or high school like at they came out in a time where i went to the theater like every single friday and would watch like two movies back to back just because like there was nothing to do in new Braunfels, texas other than just go to the theater and i remember and i loved like every movie that came out and i just remember not not liking <laughs> those movies back then so i was like when you were like you can watch them you can rewatch them and i was like yeah i didn't even like those back then i can't imagine how much i would dread watching them now you know i have fond memories of actually the alien versus predator video game that was for oh. i think maybe sega dreamcast this is how old it was maybe playstation 1 it's kind of getting fuzzy but you could choose to play as either a colonial marine, a xenomorph, or a predator. And in the beginning, you could only play as like the marine or the alien because you had like limited abilities. Uh, but then once you unlock the predator, you become this like unstoppable machine. And it was a wonderful, immersive story, like this first person perspective of like, oh, I'm the xenomorph. Like I have like tail sting and fight, and my goal is to make eggs. Like, the, the the humans like i'm i'm fucked like i gotta fight everybody and then the predator is just like <laughs> hunting and whispering through the halls and it had all these cool like whale and yutani jokes like it was better than the movies for sure probably the best movie tie-in video game until like pitch black escape from butcher bay came out that's all i gotta <laughs> nice. say about that <laughs> you know what, I'm, i remember watching those I've, I've watched each of them only one time i guess but um they had the same draw to me that all the pay-per-view wrestling events, had, you know, <laughs> like, like let's watch Hulk versus Hulk Hogan versus Andre the giant or whatever, which is really like, what if Thor fought silver surfer? What if Jason fought Freddie? Um, we, we love those kind of like dream matchups. And so I was really appreciative that these 
the, the two like badasses of the world, the predators and the aliens were going head to head. You know, that was, that was cool. I do think that it did get kind of weighed down with backstory that didn't the predators like um, create the aliens or something like that. Or the, the xenomorph. See, I'm conf- that's what when I was a kid, that's what people always told me is that the pred- yeah. in the comic books, I think that the predators had created the xenomorphs to be the ultimate prey. But then I was yeah, like, yeah. I watched a bunch of YouTube videos just this morning, and I, I swear they said something different about. Oh, okay, all right. Uh, I don't remember, but I, I think it was well, like, I think it tied into Prometheus somehow, and like somebody had somehow the xenomorphs were created to like kill you know like if species leave their own planets and try to go out into space and spread too much the xenomorphs are there to keep the population down and keep people on their own planets or or something i don't don't want to know that about the xenomorphs either yeah yeah Yeah. (laughs) exactly um now was alien versus predator or was it like jason versus freddy like i just always remember this movie tagline from the poster like whoever wins we lose yeah, and I remember that being like a really good one. I think that was that, is that really was good. Like, yeah. on mo- yeah. on multiple levels, we lose. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Oh well, my god! Well, so so do you guys think that this? Well, I mean, I, I think the big problem with the Alien vs Predator movies, both of them, is that there's just too many human characters who are oh yeah not interesting, and you know where where it should be like like Stephen's saying this showdown between aliens. You know that that gets reduced to like you know like a five minute fight scene somewhere in the movie, the, and then the rest yeah, of it like is at the just... climax, it's terrible. Well, and and I remember them being poorly shot, poorly lit. Like when they actually fight, it's like close ups, quick shots, and like what the hell is happening? So you know, it's, it doesn't. So it's not even like the thing that you come there to. The thing that I wanted to see was just over quick, and it was done terribly. You know, is that? Yeah. I know. yeah. Yeah. And I had high hopes, especially for the first one, because it was directed by the same guy who did Event Horizon, which was oh. amazing. Well, you know, I'm oh, nice. sure it probably dated a little bit, but yeah, I mean, that was um, Paul, yeah. P- Paul W.S. Anderson. Is the- Paul. Yeah. Not not yeah. the other one. <laughs> yeah. not, wow. Not he's he's more, made many more bad movies than made good movies <laughs> i know i know but it still gets him you know it gets me to press play on the streaming sometimes <laughs> yeah but you know that, fa- that that fast cut fight scene stuff which yeah it's kind of annoying it seems like that was a mode back then you know like i remember a benicio del toro movie with tommy lee jones i think was it the hunted maybe mm-hmm. that they did that's the first time i saw that and um and it, it's kind of like a version of um whenever you see a uh, five six character on the basketball court in a movie and they're about to dunk you see them jump and then it cuts to them dunking you know it's, it's that kind of thing yeah <laughs> yeah yeah i think now there's more of a uh directorial like awareness like since like the those raid movies and like since kung fu movies feel i feel like those those movies got popular more recently here and like they're like well what if what if we just let the choreographers do their thing? And like, who cares if you can tell that like people aren't getting punched, you can definitely tell people aren't getting punched. If you cut the scene to shit, you know, <laughs> I, th- I think it's just like people are a little bit more aware of it now. So directors are more cognizant of like, I don't want to just cut this to shit. I want to actually show people moving through, you know, through their choreography and yeah. their fight. 
Yeah, I, I mean, this yeah. might be a little too like artsy or something. I don't know, but it would be interesting if there was just an alien versus predator movie where there was a. It was like there's no humans in it at all, and there's like no Ooh. dialogue, right? Because they neither of them talk really, mm-hmm. and it's you just mm-hmm. see it's just a like almost a silent movie where there's just like a predator character and you're following him trying to survive against aliens yeah. or something like that. That that yeah, could be that'd pretty be cool. a cool like animated feature. You know, I think yeah, it would be like it a really would. good like anime like. Yeah. Get artsy with it. Why not? Like yeah. have fun. Like it's like it's a concept like at its core that really works. So, mm-hmm. you know, I think that's what's resonating about Prey is that it's showing it in a new situation, a, a new face and like Yeah. You know, like yeah. it gives it new life and makes it yeah. fun. Like just makes yeah, it like fun. To, again. I'd like to see something in a movie like that or in a story like that where like we, we've seen the xenomorph skulls on the predator ships and it seems like xenomorph um, bone matter must be super, super tough because it can live in acid, acid blood, mm-hmm. you know? And so I'd love to see a predator carve a knife from that and use only that knife against the xenomorph. That'd be, some, that'd be cool. Some of the coolest scenes in the predator franchise is them like fiddling with their technology. Like uh, mm-hmm. in the first movie, you know, he gets cut and he uh, carterizes I think it's in the first movie. Like he yeah. like carterizes wounds. He's like yeah. he's like shrinking yeah. or like freeze drying skulls and things mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. And just and mm-hmm. and that's all like there's no dialogue. And yeah. and I say like fuck the lore. It's like that is how you do the lore. Like you don't explain right. shit. You just show it. And if there was yeah. a movie, if that if that was like a lean like hour twenty minutes, and we're just following a predator doing shit like that to survive. Like through multiple alien attacks, you know, carterizing his wounds and and doing all that kind of stuff with the weird technology in his gauntlet, and you know, that would be really cool. I, I that's some of the coolest parts in the current franchise. So, yeah, no, I totally agree. You know, I just I just got to write a Predator story for an anthology, and it was it was really fun to play in the Predator world. But they gave me a, like a little really thin Bible of all the different terms for all the tools and weapons and spaceships and all that. And I use none of it, of course, because <laughs> I'm not interested in that. I'm not interested in that kind of stuff. I'm interested what the, my story is, and I'm not trying to sell the story to the audience or anything. It's, it's the predator on, on his ship between hunts, you know, which that was the interesting part to me. I'm, I've seen the predator hunt so many times and I'm not really interested in them running down prey anymore, but I am interested in after the hunt. Yeah, so actually, I mean, I read the story. I think I, I sent the link. I don't know if um, yeah. Zach yeah, I read it. I read yeah. it too, yeah. Um, but it's called The Distance in Their Eyes, and it's in the book called Predator Eyes of the Demon. Um, is there anything more to say, Stephen, about just like how, how did that come about or or anything like that? Um, they just got with me, and I I think for that same publisher, I had just written a Conan story, and so they knew that I will sometimes play in other franchises. And, oh, wow, um, Conan story. Nice. Oh, that's the that's dream. And I'm... Yeah. Um, <laughs> And um, yeah, so it was really fun. And it took a lot of convincing to get me to do it because I didn't want to do like Dutch in the jungle, you know, that, that didn't seem fun at all to me. And so, and so I told them I'll do it, but um, I'm not going to, I'm not going to give the predator story that we've seen before. Yeah. Was there, did they give you a word count? Like, do, did you have to do it like in under 3000 no, words? No, or anything? no. Oh, there may have been a cap, but I wasn't concerned with it. I knew I was telling a little short thing, you know? Yeah. Uh. Did you like um, do any sort of? Did you go back and watch the movies or anything, or you just kind of dove into it? 
You know, I think just as luck would have it, I had recently queued up Predator, I think for one of my kids, because they had not seen it. And I thought they needed to have a proper education, you know, so we had, we, so we had watched it. So I'm, I'm cool curious, dads, you know, I, I'm curious how long that Bible is, because what I think would, I think what is really cool is like having all of these massive like rules and descriptions and why, but like not explaining it. Right. You need to know, Uh, like the writer needs to know all that shit. It needs to be written out and understood, but then from there, paring it down, really stripping it back when you're getting, when you're telling the actual story. So I'm curious as Mm -hmm. to like, what, how big is that Bible? And like, what does it get into their culture or their home planet or anything like that? I think, I think I didn't even get a PDF. I think it was in some on some online space, and I didn't even page through it all. I just I needed like I need I needed one or two names, and then I think I erased them. So you know. yeah, no, I noticed you you were you were like using like um, you say like it like you you didn't use like specific words like oh you like he'd, yeah. he'd scan he'd scan this yeah. or like he yeah. So I I I like that approach because then you're not saying like he used his blah, 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 blah. And like it, it drop, exactly. dropping all these like, you know, yeah, no, no yeah. proper nouns or whatever. And like, it's like, ah, oh, nah. Yeah. Yeah. I, sure. I, I will I will say so say though, Zach, that I, you know, I as I said, I was watching all these like YouTube videos and stuff the last 24 hours. And I mean, there's a ton of stuff out there. If you want predator lore, you know, like I swear there's a video I watched. It's called something like, complete guide to all 38 predator species and it's, yeah. it's it's like i think it's like 50 minutes long or maybe something oh. like that and it's just like it just goes through like you know and it, it, this is all i think from comic books and video games and stuff but it's just like there was like this guy you know this this predator leader and he killed this one and took over and then like there's like the, the like the alien you know like the xenomorph <laughs> king and the xenomorph like it's it's just like there's just it's like crazy how much stuff you're giving me like wow. flashback i was i was at a, a a gaming shop once in san antonio i was just pl- minding my own business playing like a tabletop game with a friend like a skirmish skirmish style game and some guy w- walked up to me and did that like for an i'm like playing this game with a guy and he's like yeah predator and alien and like this is this and this is this and i was like holy shit dude i'm playing fucking star wars x-wing here what what is happening but yeah like i don't know i feel like the it's cool to like i don't know is it cool maybe like i feel like the the less you know the better but but yeah like the obviously the writers have to know all this stuff like they have to 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 build those that story but i don't know it's just not Uh, that interesting like the the lore maybe it's for kids in a way like you know and emotionally um stunted adults who who, who really want to you know and and i said also with some love you know like there are (laughs) things that i deep dive obsess about and could talk someone's ear about for a really long time but it it seems to me like like a a young person's obsession with like oh and then this monster versus this monster and this size it's got this you know i i I get the appeal of that but like david i started watching a youtube video about like i think this one was only like the eight different versions of the predator and after like six minutes i'm like 
Okay, I don't uh, care. <laughs> I don't care. I just don't care. Like but, it's fine. Yeah. But there's like there's so many things where I totally get into it. Like like a super lore, like the old republic on Star Wars. I'm like, oh open the encyclopedia and just flood my brain with that useless shit. I love that. Like I'll, or like or like Marvel, like, oh, and then this is when this character was and this is a opposite universe of this character. I'm like, oh, give me all of that. But for whatever reason, I guess like I I feel like because it's like a slasher, right? Like it's kind of like a slasher. And like, I don't want to know what, you know, I don't want to know the curse of Michael Myers or whatever. Like, I don't want to know his his like. Yeah. you know, supernatural yeah. powers. I, I just want him to kill some motherfuckers. And well, cause it's like, that. that's a, that the horror thing is, you know, like familiarity breeds contempt, you know, it's like the more, you know about a monster, the less scary it is. And yeah. the right. whole point yeah. of these monsters is that they're scary. And so reading, you know, or like listening to an hour about their whole history, it's just like yeah. denuding all the it's, scariness out of it. And it's yeah. funny. I think predator really crosses genres in a lot of ways. Like when I, when I think back to my dad, showing this to us like he wasn't a huge horror fan but boy like we watched running man commando like you know action movies like he really loved action movies so this one was like action but then the horror comes in so that's how it got him you know and i think it's a nice you know and then after that like he started watching a few more horror movies until you know, he showed us the thing and I cried at the dogs. And then he's like, okay, you're too Yeah, you should have gone this. to that website, Teresa. He really sh- I know, right? <laughs> Back in like 1987, there was no website. He, sh- he probably yeah. should have watched it first before he showed it to his two young daughters. Um, yeah, once. <laughs> and we were pretty hardened by then. But yeah, the dogs, no. Um, that's That was a hard out for all of us. And my dad was very apologetic. So again, I feel like, you know, being able to watch Prey and know that the dog does in fact live, I couldn't take my eyes off of him. That adorable, happy, like, I don't think he was the best actor. I feel like um, every time he was supposed to look scared, his tail was wagging and you could tell they were kind of like keeping it out of frame. But I'm like, I love this happy little dog. Like, <laughs> probably because he was just looking at a green screen instead of anything horrifying. But I just thought he was the happiest, cutest, most lovable dog ever. And I want him. Yeah, I love that dog. He he reminded me of my dog because uh, he has like a really similar face and like nature to him. Um, and so I was like looking up all all I could about this dog. And um, apparently... I don't know how true this is, but he's an American dingo, which is like, I guess kind oh, of like a, yeah. you know, American wild no. dog or like more of like, yeah, a, like, is that like a Carolina? Yeah. Carolina dog. Yeah. Carolina yeah. dog, which is probably yeah. like maybe as archaic of an American dog yeah. as, as maybe you mm-hmm. could get, at least in, you know, in today's breeds. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it wasn't trained. Like it wasn't an actor dog and it was a uh, for oh, like they adopted see, it for right. the movie. Yeah. <laughs> and and they were saying it was like a, t- it was like a terrible, like it was a terrible actor, but they loved it. Like it was just, yeah. you know, they had to do so many scenes with it over and over again because it was just, you know, a terror on set. But yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm so happy they didn't, they didn't like burden her with a wolf or something. I think that would have been pretty stupid. Oh yeah. <laughs> 
Right. Yeah. I thought it was really yeah. cool to use yeah, that breed of a dog. And, yeah. And a yeah, rescue that was nice. makes it nice. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you, you mentioned the thing, Teresa. Um, I would like to see the Predator against the thing. I think that'd be a fun matchup. Oh, my you know? God. Oh, it would be yeah. a perfect yeah. matchup. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, like that's where the alien versus predator. Oh, that would have been great at the end of that. Like they're all in Antarctica. Yeah, go to like Outpost yeah. Thirty One, and they're like, "What?" <laughs> <laughs> and then then we see then we see the T eight hundreds boot come down. The ice, <laughs> sure, add them all in. Why not? <laughs> the Actually, ultimate showdown of champions. Okay, you're <laughs> selling me on the the WrestleMania of these. Yeah, 80s movies that I don't have nostalgia for. But so, so actually, one one other thing I wanted to mention is that like I had kind of forgotten how much of the movie going back and watching, especially Predator and Predator Two and stuff. How much of the movie is like from the Predator's point of view with the infrared camera and the mm-hmm. clips of the audio playing over and over again? And I don't think I mm-hmm. I either never really got this or or had sort of forgotten that like. Because I was watching with the subtitles this time to make sure I I was understanding everything, and so at the end when the predator of of, of the original movie when the predator sets his little like mini nuclear bomb or whatever mm-hmm. and he's laughing, and according to the subtitles he's like playing back Billy's laugh from yeah. earlier uh-huh. in the movie, and I'm, I'm sure I never taunt him. I'm sure I never like made that connection before, um, mm-hmm. but I thought that was kind of cool like. That the, that the it almost makes the predator seem like like a stalker or like a voyeur or something yeah. the way it's that's like always what just... was so great about it yeah i yeah. loved it yeah. it would use like max voice yeah i forget if it was like billy's laugh or max laugh you know mm-hmm. i i love bill duke i just want like a special moment to be like when i <laughs> you know watched it again like I, I never remember this scene where Mac basically like has like this terrible PTSD and has this soliloquy to the moon, yeah. which I thought was yeah. really haunting and wonderful. I'm like, where the fuck did this come from? No, no one remembers this shit. They remember you are yeah. one ugly motherfucker. <laughs> you know, yeah. I ain't got time to bleed. But then like this weird little moment of Mac and the moon. I thought it was wonderful. That was cool. Yeah. Also, yeah. I just want to mention in Predators, the scene where, um, the um drug cartel guy has been killed and his body's sort of kneeling. Oh yes, Danny Trejo. And um, you know, they they put a bullet in him and then he's still talking because it's the predator imitating. That was that is such an amazing scene yeah. to me. Yeah. Um, I love that. Yeah, but it was yeah. making me think like there is something sort of like artsy or avant-garde about how much of these, you know, sort of like action movies are this like infrared camera imagery and stuff. I wonder if you could, that would be really intense is to have a whole movie. That's oh, just the no. infrared. <laughs> no, 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 no. If I could do that. But I wonder if in like 87, it was like, you know, the CGI of the day, like, Ooh, we could show a movie in infrared scenes. Like all that stuff yeah. was like hot shit back then. Yeah. Like the first, the first time I saw that trick, I guess was in Wolfen from 81. You know, Mm. we, we see through the Wolfen's eyes and they, they can also see in a similar way like that. No, I think that was hot shit back. Cause even like the box of predator, it's just like Arnold Schwarzenegger, but it's kind of pixelated. And, and back then Mm -hmm. you're like, wow, this is some fancy stuff. There's like pixels. (laughs) Yeah. You know, if I I always, I don't know where I picked this up a book or a, documentary aware but when john claude van damme was there for you know the two weeks or however long he was there they had him in that red 
ant head costume running around the forest and he thought that was the final costume he thought that's what the monster looked like but they were using red because it was the opposite of green which the, the jungle was and they were gonna that was how they were achieving the cloaking you know um and so that i always heard that was a big reason for his um, dissatisfaction was he didn't want to be like a classic trek alien you know he wanted to be something <laughs> really I scary he called it like a like a chicken suit or something a rooster suit yeah or something yeah like well, i think so yeah yeah so I wait, forget are you- if the early design of the creature had like those backwards kind of chicken legs yeah. or if yeah yeah or if that's what they ended up adding which you know again like, i think it's cool am i understanding you right that that the suit that he hated that he trashed was yeah. just to do the invisibility Correct. well it, i think so right. there there yeah. was a red there was a red ant head that yeah. that he did allegedly destroy, but then there's other conflicting, <laughs> uh, <laughs> to, you know, first <laughs> first hand accounts. But yeah, it, they, the article said it was like a twenty thousand dollar head that he said this is stupid wow. and like threw on the ground and it and it busted. Which I mean, is just there's a lot of <laughs> mythology around the filming of the first one too. I mean, like I went to the Wikipedia article and now I'm like I have to go down this rabbit hole, but. Um, apparently, like the actor that played Billy Souls, um, what was his name? Sonny Landham. Sonny Landham, yeah. They had to have a bodyguard on set to protect the rest of the cast from Sonny. Wow. Like, I heard, yeah, like starting fights, and wow. I, I don't know. Like, I don't, like, I'd wow. be very curious to learn more about that. Like, it was like a little line in like the Wikipedia entry. Wow. Like some little interview, like they had a bodyguard on set that was just to keep him from hurting himself or any of the other cast members. <laughs> wow, and I, wow. I like him. E- I like him even more now. Right? Yeah, I like. I like that energy. <laughs> Great energy right? for, to, for filming. I know. I mean, and that character didn't seem very like chaotic in its <laughs> yeah, own right. way. So I'm like, he's a good actor then. <laughs> I also I just want to mention this this scene from Predator Two that I really liked was this scene. There's this King Willie character and he gets killed by the Predator yeah. in the alley. And just yeah. before he dies, he says, "I just I just looked this up." He says, "His foundation lies in the holy mountains, Selah." And there's just like something about that. It just kind of like gave me chills watching it. Just huh. the, that quote. I don't know what that means. It's gotta be, yeah, it's got to be from something. I don't even know well, what it's it's yeah, Psalm, I mean, Psalm eighty-seven one is what oh, okay. it's from, but. Okay. I don't know what that's okay. a reference to exactly. Well, I th- well, yeah, he's I Jamaican, right? Like, um, uh, yeah, apparently it's a Rastafarian thing. Yeah, but- it's a Rastafarian oh, okay. thing, which I thought was like interesting. I'm like, oh, the dreadlocks look now. Yeah, the yeah. fighting the predator, but I'm like watching it, kind of like cringy, and just being like, oh, just everything about this is just kind of weird yeah. now. But kind yeah. of but weird. I, <laughs> I do love how he interprets it as a spiritual demon. You know, mm-hmm. that's a really cool, like, that's what people, how people would react. Like, if uh, they saw a super, you know, a super advanced alien technology killing people, they'd be like, oh, this is like some spiritual creature killing us. I thought that was yeah. cool. And I want to see yeah. more of that kind of thing where it's like people are wrong about, you know, they don't just interpret <laughs> correctly that this is an alien from outer space. They're like, oh, this is like, you know, a whatever yeah i mean well in prey like when she sees the ship and she's like oh i had a vision of the thunderbird and stuff like that like i thought that was cool you know Mm -hmm. and it ties it into what you're saying and that's why i think it'd be fun to see it in other eras like oh what would 
what yeah. would a Spartan say? Like, oh, this is some creature yeah. from yeah. Apollo or whatever, you know, or Poseidon, and we're yeah. using it, you know, like it'd be interesting. Yeah, I, I like. I mean, this idea that everybody's pushing online and everywhere about let's, let's see the predator in different eras. We we, we do want to see him fight the Spartan and all that. The only issue I see with that is every time the predator is going to lose, you know, that's, that's what makes a good story is if Dutch yeah. kills the predator. And well, all that makes me want to do is see the, um, the predator planets version of Cisco and Ebert reviewing these movies. <laughs> <take that>. yeah. <laughs> well, that's an interesting, uh, could you write a predator story where the predator wins at the end? And that's a satisfying, if he's think, fighting humans, I think like, that there was, there was some uh, predator comic story that just that did genuinely interest me. Where they were, the predator was attempting to hunt. Uh, what do they call it? A pilot? I think they're called pilots from the Alien franchise. Those those giant dudes. Oh yeah, yeah. That yeah. to me is like really appealing because it's like that. That's like some kind of almost supernatural godlike being yeah. that he's like yeah. really not equipped to fight and kill. Um, yeah. But like, it was like about him, like I think getting a team and, and finding and killing it. So I do want to check that out. Oh, that does sound cool. And All you right. could have maybe like Hear a me. predator versus like a Nazi. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Right. Well, when right he's, hear, hear me. Oh, sorry. When, when he's killing the French, you're just like, fuck yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, like you're yeah, like, fuck yeah. these guys. You know, it's yeah. really cool when he's doing that, but. Sorry, Terry said it. It'd be cool. It'd be cool to see a predator land in Raccoon City. You know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm just saying there is in 2015, and I remember it because their booth was right behind mine. Um, Archie versus Predator. Oh um, yeah, the Predator comes to Riverdale and touches yeah. down in the nearby jungle, and basically he he kills Archie and Veronica and Betty are like critically wounded. And then it says, you know, the synopsis, which causes the predator to show regret since it was motivated by a crush on Betty. And they use like this weird healing machine to restore everybody to full health and then transform the predator into the new Archie who lives his life as Archie. Oh, in I love oh, the wow. predator. I'm telling that's pretty wow. great. I love that. <laughs> I love nice. that journey for you. Predator. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> Archie books are great, and I now I really want to check that out. <laughs> All right, so we're we're almost out of time, so um, maybe we should start getting into some. Does anyone have any just like topics that they wanted to get to that we haven't uh, touched on yet? Um, you know, one, one thing I really I'll, I think the product stories that work the best are the ones that are self erasing. You know, like the like the first one or Prey is pretty much self erasing too. It'll live on in the the tribe's stories for two or three generations, but it'll, it'll go away as well, you know? Um, but I like it when it touches down, fights a lot of people and no, the rest of the world doesn't find out about it. That's what I like. I guess one thing I saw in the comment, I don't, this, I don't know if this came through really clearly to me watching the movie, but some people said there's a lot of hints and pray that this particular predator is like a young, inexperienced hunter and maybe oh, like on its okay. first hunt or something. I wish that had maybe yeah. been made a little bit clearer, but I kind of yeah, like that. Would mirror, yeah, it would mirror narrow and her trial. Yeah, yeah, it would. It would. And did y'all watch the like the the pictorial background for the credits? Because at the end, you see the yes. other 
predator, the predator ships come. That was pretty cool too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, that was great with that, you know, honoring, you know, the yeah. victor, which I think yeah. is again, like that tells you more about their culture without having to say a word. You know? Yeah. But, but maybe more yeah. movies in the future could, it could be clear that this is a, like a young inexperienced predator. And then that would make me make it seem like more of an underdog, you know, if it's fighting. Yeah. Like armies you know, of humans I, or something. No, I totally agree. And what I forget from all the adorations we've seen of Predator, have we ever seen a female Predator? I think the lore is that they're like three times the size of the the males. I th- oh, I think okay. there might have been maybe the one that uh, Adrian Brody fought at the end, the, yeah. the giant one. Yeah. That one might have been a female. I think. Okay. All right. All right. Yeah, always a little fuzzy on that. Yeah. Yeah, I'll have to go back and watch the 38 Varieties of Predator video again. <laughs> so answer that. Um, all right, but yeah, we're out of time. So let's get into some final thoughts. So, um, Stephen, final thoughts on this whole world of Predator this whole, This whole Predator thing? Yeah, the, my, my big question at the end of all these Predator movies is what kind of planet did they evolve on that they have those kind of mouths? You know, what kind of what kind of little rodents were they running down that that kind of mouth helped them eat better because it seems to be kind of a senseless mouth to me like a movie mouth that's cool like you see that same mouth on that little fluffy dog in blade three if you remember that you know? <laughs> yeah and, mm. <laughs> oh geez blade <laughs> three <laughs> actually I did, it's pretty cool i it's did hear cool. the the yeah. monster the designer for the the prey uh you know predator he, he said that um he wanted it to look like, or like in his mind, it was evolved to eat shelf, like to crack open shells and, and eat shells. Oh. Like alien. Oh, and that, okay, that makes sense because shellfish or maybe shellfish on other worlds too have a lot of protein. They're really high in protein and maybe that would create a, a species that's super aggressive like this, you know? Uh-huh. Um, all right, but cool. So how about uh, Zach? Final thoughts? Um, I want to see more of these lower budget movies and less of these enormous like the predator has an enormous budget it's i would imagine it's four or five times the budget of prey and to me what i see there is you could make you know four of four preys and you get these these directors that are experienced with smaller budget films that that no science fiction uh, the director of Prey did um, the, the that kind of low budget uh, twelve or ten Cloverfield yeah, Lane 10 movie, Cloverfield Lane. Yeah. which is which awful. is which is great. Yeah. It's very yeah. very yeah. good. I like it significantly yeah. more yeah. than than uh, Cloverfield, and it's has like it also has zero budget. So I think that's where I want to see this this uh, franchise going. Like we don't we don't need the we don't need a huge budget. Um, Cause you're going to kill. I feel like that's what's happened the last couple times is like, they think they're going to break in all of this money. And from what I understand, predators didn't do very well in theaters. And I know the predator got shit canned. So, you know uh, I think this is the way to do it. Everyone's all of my friends watched prey and are, they're loving it. And so I think it's done very well for Hulu. And so that's kind of just do this, do it more. <laughs> I want to see more of these. However much budget you would have done on the Predator, give that to all of these little guys and and have them make a bunch of movies. 
Yeah, and and the predator I, I read, I think that they they basically threw out the final act of the movie and completely reshot it. So I'm sure that didn't help the budget either. <laughs> oh um, wow! But well, you uh, know, I think a a big difference is with since who you know, since Prey was streaming, they didn't have to do the same marketing budget you do for a theatrical release. You know, so it started making its money back a lot quicker than a theatrical release. I think. Yeah, I mean, when it was announced, like maybe a year or two ago, it was called Skulls. And it was like very under the radar of what it even was. And then all of oh, a nice. sudden, like a month before it premiered, it's like, oh, shit, there's a new Predator movie. What the hell? <laughs> and it's become, I, I believe, like their most streamed original film of all time on the platform. I, I would have yeah. absolutely loved if the Predator was not in the trailer. I would have uh, loved that. Yeah. I feel like, I don't know if that, I think that that would have been even better because then people would be flipping their fucking shit. They would be like, oh my God, look what I discovered. Even though, you know, <laughs> Hulu Hulu was planning on this. You know, that's how, I, I think they should have just done some guerrilla stuff and just put it at the top page of every Hulu, you know, uh, everyone who signs in and then, oh, what's this prey thing? And then finding out, in the middle of the movie that it's a predator movie that would have blown people's fucking minds. I think that's what they should have done. <laughs> All right. From a marketing perspective. <laughs> no, um, <laughs> but this has all been but, word of mouth though. I feel, I feel like it wasn't like I was the buzz never around it. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. I don't like the yeah. fact that it's good has, has spread around. Um, I yeah. think for me, what makes the predator kind of, endure and, and be a draw that you would want to put in a marketing material um, to varying degrees of success is that I think, you know, because he's this monster that's rather faceless, you could, you don't feel guilty, like rooting against him. You're like, Oh, let me watch yeah. him. You know, he's, he's a, a month, you know, guilt-free entertainment of yeah. watching like a bad guy stalk and then, get defeated at the end. It's a very comforting archetype of a story. And I think what makes the Predator franchise endure is we like seeing that over and over again. But I think what we could learn from Prey and some of the other movies is keep it simple. I mean, textbook writing tutorial, like show, don't tell. Keep it simple. Keep it character focused. And you could do this in a bunch of different ways and still have it resonate because at the core it's you know the predator he they stalk you they're they're trained and how are we going to outsmart them i mean the first movie was really like action guy Wes craven movie to me you know with all the mm -hmm. like booby traps are mm -hmm. so important to the predator mm -hmm. franchise you know yeah continue that great tradition yeah, yeah, absolutely. So um, we need to wrap this up. But yeah, basically, like, keep it simple, keep it scary, keep it intense, not too many characters, not too much dialogue, and make it, you know, keep keep some mystery. So like different kinds of aliens with different kinds of abilities and different settings and stuff we haven't seen before. Don't just like, rehash the same scenes and stories that we've already seen. And there could yet, you know, yet be a lot more life in this uh in this franchise uh seems like that's the way to go i feel like we've come up with a lot of good ideas so i hope some hollywood people are listening <laughs> uh, know what the people want um but yeah we gotta but we gotta wrap this up there so we've been speaking with 
Teresa DeLucci, Zach Chapman, and Stephen Graham Jones. So thanks everyone so much for joining us. Thank you. It was a blast. Bye guys. Yeah. Thanks. Fun as always. And that was our panel. So big thanks again to Teresa DeLucci, Zach Chapman, and Stephen Graham Jones for joining us on the show. This episode of Geek's Guide to the Galaxy was made possible thanks to support from listeners like you. So if you enjoy the show and want it to continue, please support us on Patreon over at patreon.com slash geeks or via PayPal over at geeksguideshow.com slash crowdfunding. All right, so that was our show. So thanks everyone for listening, and we'll see you next time. The Geek's Guide to the Galaxy is a production of Wired.com. For more information about the show, visit geeksguideshow.com. To learn more about your host, visit davidbarkertley.com. Music and voiceover produced by yours truly, Jack Kincaid. If you enjoyed this program, tell your friends. If you didn't enjoy it, tell no one. Thank you for listening.